Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hey, it's Rachel Cook, your modern mentor. And today we are going to talk about bad bosses and lazy employees with behavioral expert and best-selling author Thomas Erickson. For more than 20 years, Erickson has been traveling all over Europe, delivering lectures and seminars to executives and managers at a wide range of companies, including IKEA, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, and Volvo. And today he brings his insights to the Modern Mentor podcast. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, so Thomas Erickson, author of Surrounded by Bad Bosses and Lazy Employees, welcome to the Modern Mentor Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to this conversation. I read the book. I loved it. I've been wondering for years about bad bosses and and how we still continue to be dealing with this challenge. And so Maybe we can start there because it feels like bad bosses have been around since the dawn of time, or at least the modern workplace. And it's been a known issue for years and years. And I guess my first question to you is with so many books on leadership out there, how is it that bad bosses are still a thing that we have not collectively solved for yet? Actually, the right question to ask. The, the thing is, when I started to write this uh, book is surrounded by bad bosses. I actually, I've been working as a management consultant specialized on leadership for, I don't know, 25 years, something. And I written a couple of books before and I said to myself, I need to write a book about, uh, maybe I have something to add when it comes to management, leadership and so on and so forth. Then I actually wrote Surrounded by Bad Bosses. Because the, co- the first title was Surrounded by Lazy Employees because, well, you, you kind of get it. And I said to myself, how can I teach people who are led about leadership? And that was kind of a challenge. And then I was sitting with two books. I merged them together. So if you read a book from two perspectives, you can actually read it from both ways. Then you realize the challenges to be a leader. And you also realize the challenges to being led, which is kind of a different thing. And that is maybe, I'm saying maybe, Probably not totally unique as a thought, but maybe there haven't been so so many books done like that. Because if you read Surrounded by Bad Bosses, then you realize what your leader, what your manager, what your boss is actually trying to achieve. And then all of a sudden things fall into place. And, and you can see, aha, he is not a, you know, 
it's not a bad person. He just tries to understand me, tries to read my mind. You know, some people come to me and say, my, my boss is so bad. He doesn't know what I want. And then I, and then I asked them, have you told him or her? No. Okay. There you go. So maybe that is actually kind of a conundrum in itself. So, so maybe that could be said, but leadership, People have been troubled by leadership and, and management for, as you said, since dawn of time. So I don't think we have learned enough. And I think reading a book is, that's a good start. But it doesn't take you anywhere if you don't practice what's in the book. Use any method as long as you use, use it. Uh, that's probably the case. You can take 500 online courses on, on, on leadership. If you don't practice what's in there, you're never going to know what's working and what's not. No, I, I think that's a really interesting positioning. And, and I completely agree with you. You know, when I work with leaders and I work with teams, I always realize that there's, there's a dynamic where the subordinates always seem to think that the leader is sort of all knowing and just choosing to do the wrong thing. And what is so hard to recognize sometimes is the leader is just a person in a position. Um, in many cases, they haven't even been taught how to be a leader. They simply were really good at their job and got promoted. And leadership is, it seems like it should be intuitive, but a lot about it isn't. And leaders do need to be told what you need because everybody's needs are a little bit different, right? But that's a, that's an interesting position also because leadership should be intuitive. I mean, some people are born leaders. No, no they're not. That's just that's just wrong. That's that's a myth. Some people have good natural skills when it comes to communication, let's say, because leadership is basically a communication process. And some people are better dealing with relationships and so on and so forth. Women not the least, to say the least, because women are usually better at dealing with relationships. The best leaders is very often women, I would say, because they're better listeners. They're more interested in the, in the individual. And, and a lot of men are as well. But, you know, the, the, the thing is, it's not enough to, to use your, your, let's say, the skills that you were born with or, or not even skills, but, you know, the natural well, talents or whatever you would like to call them. It's with leadership as with anything. You can practice, you can learn, you can pay attention, you can be a better listener, you can be better at giving feedback, you can be better at delegating, you can be better at, well, basically anything. If, it is a big if there, if you actually want to do that, because if you don't want to, it doesn't matter. I mean, some people, when I start a, a management training, let's say, the first question is, why are you here? Why are you a manager in the first place? And you would be surprised to, to, to hear that I would say about 1% of the, of the people in the room can actually answer the question. If you don't know why you're there, you're not going to do a pretty good, really good job, to be honest. It's just not going to work. And if you don't know why you sit in that chair with that cap on, why would anyone else care what you're doing? So, so that is kind of the starting point. You know, something that I think is interesting in part of what you said is that leadership, it's not just one thing, right? What I heard you say is some people are great at communicating, some are great at delegating. There are a lot of different pieces that sort of ladder up to leadership. And yet we tend to talk about bosses as good and bad, right? Which seems a little bit simplistic. And so one of the things I've really enjoyed about your book is that you're not distinguishing between good and bad so much, but what you're using is, is sort of this color system. Um, to help distinguish different styles or types, um, because I don't think anybody, with some exceptions perhaps, is 
is universally good or bad. And so I'd love it if you could talk a little bit about those, the four colors that you use in your book and, and how they correlate to both good and bad behaviors within an individual. I mean, when it comes to the four colors, that, that's basically based on communication styles, let, let's call them. Uh, I mean, the red, red, the red uh, behavior, the dominant ones, you know, straight to the point, result-oriented goals, you know, bam, 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 you know, a bit pushy. Some people might define them a bit aggressive, but they get the job done, you know, kind of insensitive, but really, really efficient. The yellow type, you know, positive, the visionary thinker, you know, whoa, yay, whoa, you know. Kind of like, like I, we, we can, we can. Do you see there? We are there up on the mountain. Can you see that? You know, and while other people say, I, I don't know, how did you get there? Well, do you ha- don't you have any imagination? Well, uh, not that much, but they can really see top of the world and um, creative and, and good communicators, not so good at documenting things. They never remember, seem to remember, remember what they actually promised. Then you have the green per- personality character who is kind of looking for stability, calm, caring, sharing, really good listener, pays attention too much sometimes because you still need to get the job done. And then you have the blue, uh, the blue factor, which is uh, more of the uh, blue stands for compliance, but it kind of the ana- analytical type, you know, the engineerial type or tax sherry for, you know, neurosurgeon probably. Just by guessing here, uh, but um, they are more into details and facts and, and, and Excel sheets. So this is, of course, very, very simplified. And I understand that, but you have to begin, you have to start somewhere. And if you use these things, then you can see if your manager has kind of a red behavior, then you will also interpret him in, in one way or her. If he has a green behavior, you will, you will interpret him in a way. If you're red, you're going to go really good along with the red one, but you're going to crash with the green one. If you have a green boss and you're red yourself, you're not going to work really good together because you won't understand each other unless you kind of pay attention and understand. When he says, oh, I don't know, maybe that means, could you please tell me what you think before I say what I think? And, you know, blah, 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 a lot of things. So being a bad boss is really easy because how would you know if you can't communicate? In Sweden, we are very open. Our culture is extremely open, sometimes too open. I, I, I can admit that. But we talk to each other. It's okay for anyone to go to his or her manager and say, you know what, I have a problem. You won't get kicked out. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. You look good. But how do you feel? How about the stomach issues? Loss of muscle mass? Lacking energy? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? The answer is GNC. We have solutions that can help address those side effects and make sure you don't get knocked off your path. Because when it comes to living healthy, we're all about it. And that includes keeping you going on your GLP-1 journey. GNC. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, 
you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. What I'm taking away is that there's so much value in just understanding the differences and starting to recognize that when your boss or your colleague or whomever says something or says something in a way that you take as negative, there is value in pausing and asking yourself, was there an intention there that's different than how I interpret it, right? Maybe I interpreted something as aggressive, but it was actually intended as directive. We sort of have this default to say, well, if I didn't like how something sounded, I'm going to interpret it through my own lens. And I think, you know, by paying attention to what different styles are out there, what might be driving different types of leaders or different types of communicators, it can really open our mind to be more expansive in our ability to appreciate different styles and to make space for them. People see what they see and they hear what they hear. And very often, pretty often, you have to go back and say, I mean, one one silly example, maybe, but a lot of experienced managers know this. But if you, let's say you delegate something to somebody, doesn't matter what it is, and to whoever, and you say, okay, could you please do this and that and that and that, and here's a here's a piece of paper, and we go away two days, and I have to give up. Okay, right, agreed. But sometimes you need to go back and say, okay, what did you hear me say? Could you please repeat to me what you heard me say? And you will never hear the same thing that you had in your own head to begin with. It's usually in something else. And sometimes it's pretty accurate, but you can find you saying, no, no, that's actually not what I meant. But that is what I mean with communication. You have to talk about how you talk. You have to communicate about how you communicate. Usually the higher up, the closer to real top management I come, the more people shake their heads and say, yeah, I get it, but I don't have time for this, you know. Well, that's not my problem. You better pay attention to this because if you don't, you're going to lose more time than ever. I don't have time to listen to people. They have to be professional and do. They know what they're supposed to do. Well, mind reading and leadership, that's actually not the same thing. And they can't read your mind either. That's just a stupid, uh, stupid notion. Skip that. You have to pay attention. There's probably a million ways that you can go wrong and things can go sideways when you try to lead people. The more you know, the more you can do, of course. Knowledge is maybe not power, but it is potential power, let's say. You have to practice it, as I said before. You have to actually try things out. I am curious, you know, because you've been watching this and researching this for so many years, now that the world has gone largely virtual or remote in many ways, how have you seen the, the relevance of this research lay out? It's a really, really good question, Rachel. The thing, the thing is, journalists usually ask me, who can deal with the lockdown best? Is it extroverts or introverts? So, so when you work through, through the screen using Sendcaster or Zoom or, or Teams or whatever, you filter away a lot. As you mentioned, you can see my face. You can't see my body language. And I mean, the body language, they say in the English language, you have probably, if you take all the varieties, probably 100,000 words. The body language is said to be containing 700,000 ex expressions. 
I please don't ask me which which they are because that's a lot. But there's a lot of things that you can't see. You can't see my posture. You can see a lot of things. And of course, you filter things away and you will start to misunderstand each other. The people who say, we're going to close the offices. We're going to actually save money. That's, that's the CFOs of the world. They see a huge opportunity to save a lot of money. Now, that, that's a bad decision. That's a really bad decision. It doesn't matter if people say, I can work from home two days a week. That's fine. We can save money on, on you know, office spaces. That is actually the wrong decision because people need to interact. We need to be see each other we need to be in the same room not saying open office spaces is the best for everybody because some people hate it and i totally respect that notion we are social social animals that is just the way it is and if you're going to lead people if you're going to mentor people and coach them and make them the best possible let's say version of themselves you have to use everything that you have you have to use all of it so Let me ask you this last question, which is, you know, there is so much good information and insight in the book. And I think there really is a tremendous amount that you can learn about yourself as well as your colleagues and your boss, which I think is great. I would love if you could give us a sense of if people are reading the book, like I said, so much information to take away. But if you could see people walking away with two to three really essential nuggets or practices or actions that they're going to take, uh, what really jumps out for you? Uh, I think it's four things, if I may. Firstly, understand yourself. The cliche thing there, understand yourself. If you understand how other people see you, how they view you when you present yourself to the world, if they see you as uh, red, yellow, green, blue, or something else, Understand what signals you're sending. And secondly, understand other people. Learn how to read and interpret other people. And the third is try to figure out and communicate with the other part. How should we get along? How should we talk to each other in a way that will work? If you are like this and I am like that, how can we actually reach out so so we, we will make it work the best possible way? And the fourth is actually, well, do it. <laughs> Act as if now you have to do it again. Reading a book and hearing me saying, understand yourself, understand others, and 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 learn how to adapt. Good, but not good enough. You have to do it. Well, Thomas, I can't thank you enough for joining me on this episode. I loved your book, Surrounded by Bad Bosses and Lazy Employees, and I hope everybody goes out there and picks up a copy. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Thomas Erickson. If so, you can pick up his book, Surrounded by Bad Bosses and Lazy Employees, How to Stop Struggling, Start Succeeding, and Deal with Idiots at Work. Follow Modern Mentor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out my website at leadabovenoise.com. Or follow me on the Modern Mentor Podcast page on LinkedIn. If you have a question I can answer, shoot me an email at modernmentor at quickanddirtytips.com. Thanks again so much for listening and have a successful week. Meet Janice. Unfortunately, her thing is sneeze attacks every time spring returns. I literally sneezed 40 times in a row once. 
Luckily for Janice, at the Walmart Pharmacy, she can get over-the-counter allergy relief for things like sneezing, runny nose, and watery eyes, fast with online pickup or delivery. No more suffering? That's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> I see what you did there. Help survive allergy season with fast online pickup or delivery from Walmart. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.